Well, it's best song ever. Not a podcast better. Tunes are cool and the jokes are clever. It's a worthwhile endeavor. Welcome to Best Song Ever. I am your host, Luke LeBen. Alongside me is my dear friend, Kevin Connor. Kev, I'm not even going to ask you how you're doing today because I've got some breaking news. It's over. Oh, no. Uh, or yes. 20. Yes, it's good. Uh, 2022. Oh, it's it's over for any other artist that was going to release an album in 2022. It's okay. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to like them a good amount probably. But Kendrick Lamar released an album so it's just a fact that it's the the album of the year in my mind at least uh but that's a bold claim it is but you know i'm a bold boy so uh we're gonna talk about it today the album mr morale and the big steppers but first we wanted to talk about what our favorite kendrick album pre mr morale was right is that the the parameter you set or was it pre Dan? Yeah. No, I, I think pre Miss Morale and the Big Steppers. Um okay. just to kind of set up who, like what we look for in our favorite Kendrick Lamar album. Because I think we both yeah. have different answers. Uh we but do. also like agree on a lot of points. So why don't you start? Okay, so uh you asked me yesterday and I instinctually said good kid mad city, uh mainly because like money trees and yeah. back and seat freestyle are like two spoilers. Of the best. That's my favorite. Okay, but yes, we and we so we had the same answer yesterday. But I was like, I need to revisit because then I'm like, you know, section eighty. I feel like is underrated because there's some amazing songs. Hold up, uh, Ronald Reagan era. My favorite Kendrick song is on section eighty, and that is High Power, uh, the last song on section eighty. And I still think you put that on any album of his. The production might not matchup you know like on mr morale yeah but it it holds up his one of his best verses to date uh and that was before he was like huge you know that was section 80 so i feel like you got this the great like starting out of section 80 some great songs my some of my favorite songs in that like we talked about good kid mad city that's when he broke through that's really like his artistry coming through i think also his also, his most listenable, listenable album is Good Kid, Mad City. Um, like, it covers a lot of intense topics, but I think in a a more, like, uh, pumped-up kick style than the later albums that Yeah, he does. more mainstream, watered-down pop bullshit. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. Because uh, it's definitely not that. No, you're like, it really is. Like, I just listened to it again today, and it's like... For that time, it was some of the the greatest storytelling, some of, like, the hardest rapping. Like, we hadn't really seen this from a, someone as young as Kendrick and, like, the topics he was covering, you know, with, like, not shying away from, like, where he came from, the the experiences he grew up in and, like, the hard parts of that. Um, but I feel like an album, what I look for in an album, and this is going just every, like, new music, too – old music, whatever, is an experience. That's, you know, we can talk about this has an amazing song, this has amazing, they all have amazing songs, but what I'm looking for in an album is an overall experience, and I think you just can't beat the experience of To Pimp a Butterfly. And I almost, like, didn't want to pick that one because 
Pitchfork named it the best album of the 2010s. Uh, my cousin Brian like named it what like his best album of the 2010s, and so I kind of felt like it got so it was sort of so acclaimed that it gave overrated vibes, and it's been years since I listened to it. So I just listened again uh, two times recently, and it's just really like the fact that he brought in the funk and the jazz, which is like this sort of tradition of not only hip hop, like, you know, that's what a lot of 90s artists like brought in funk and jazz, but like also just like black music in America and these legends like George Clinton, Ron Isley, Snoop Dogg that he has on that album and brings their sound in uh and i watched all the videos they just keep coming up on my youtube now from uh to pimp a butterfly and i'm like it's it's just the the instrumentation is amazing on it you can't beat it and i feel like mr morale is sort of his next uh to pimp a butterfly in a way where just the concept his writing and just like all the the people who worked on it it all just comes together in this like masterpiece and so I, I had to go with To Pimp a Butterfly, even though some of my favorite songs are on the albums preceding it. Yeah. No, there's not a bad choice to make here. Um, yeah. Oh, I, and can I say, Kevin, before you start yours, sorry, yes. I've been going. But I will say that I do love Damn, uh, and I feel like it is – I feel like it's kind of like Good Kid, Mad City, where it, it is weirdly like more accessible – Humble, dude. Yeah. Humble. Oh, like people want to talk about. Oh, Kendrick's so conscious. Oh, Kendrick bums me out. Put humble on at any party. You will like. Yeah. It, people are gonna love it. And so I and pride. I think is a really underrated Kendrick track. He really, I think, on Pimp a Butterfly and Damn, sort of pioneered a bit. Uh, added to that sound that Tyler did so great on Flower Boy. Mm-hmm. Um. So damn should not be uh, overlooked but what I, you got Kevin? i think damn brings two of kendrick's best bangers in humble yeah. and dna i those are probably yeah. like in a top five list for me somewhere i don't know maybe not but they're they're both two of my favorite songs to like put on like you said at a party when i'm out like working out or something like they yeah. go hard um and i'll work backwards like you, unlike you did, went forward. It it'll all work out. Uh, there you go. I think to Mipa Butterfly is gets all the praise for a reason. I think it is his best album. Um, it is a larger experience. I think where Good Kid, Mad City obviously kind of tells the story of Kendrick's life and like an evening and just like all these these small intimate stories about um you know his yeah. early life and all the difficulties that you. Know, were suffered more personal intimate story now. yeah to pimp a butterfly i mean even in like the scope of it from the album artwork yeah. itself is is Much national random. right and like right. all right became kind of the anthem of the black lives matter movement like it it, it right, just right. it grew so much larger in scope and i think it's really hard to beat that like it is incredible album and obviously it like it has its ups and downs. Uh, there's a song we'll talk about on Mr. Morale later that really reminded me of one of my favorite songs on Kendrick or on uh, To Pimp a Butterfly that uh, we'll get to it. But yeah, I think that Good Kid Mad City from like top to bottom is just 
like like I said, listenable and like absolutely full chock full of bangers. Um, like he said that Swimming Pools is a song he'll never perform live because it's such an intense experience for him. And to create a song that, you know, has that much emotional baggage yet goes so hard is incredible. And I, uh, I've always just been a huge fan of that album. And like, I didn't give it as fair of a shot when it came out. Like I, I listened to a few songs, but like to put a butterfly made me mm-hmm. go back and examine all of Kendrick's stuff way more intimately. And I, there's something about good kid, mad city that just stands out above the rest to me. Even if um, I do think that to a butterfly is his best work. And you're not wrong. I mean, dude, the experience of good kid, mad city is incredible too. And when I listened to it and never quite heard anything like it, um, but it does carry on, you know, a lot of like hip hop traditions. There's semi skits in it. Uh, obviously we said money trees and backseat freestyle, uh, sing about me. I'm dying of thirst. Incredible song. The second half of mad city. I love too. I mean, the first half's good, but, um, but yeah, it really is like the two, the good kid, mad city was sort of the preview of what we were going to get onto Pimpa butterfly. And then damn, uh, I was watching that interview today. He said he felt like the first three albums sort of culminated in damn. And then perfect segue into talking about the new album. I feel like for this new one, he took a step back a little bit from the sort of trajectory uh, he had gone on. And, you know, he's left TDE. He made PG Lang his own company. Uh, and so I feel like just, you know, a lot has changed, obviously, in the world since then. A lot has changed with him. We saw Keem, uh, the my favorite album of last year was his cousin Keem. So we saw him like trying new stuff, going in a new direction. But what I love about this new one is it feels almost more traditional and timeless in a way that to pimp a butterfly did, but even more so there's a lot of piano. There's a lot of just like classic instrumentation, but then that more pop party going hard, hard hitting hip hop, whatever you want to call it with more electronics and Mm -hmm. more the modern sound that, they were pushing forward on Keem's album last year, like N95, just with that epic bass. Like, I I feel like the, he really does. Like, this is the perfect distillation of everything uh, he's done in the past, uh, but also some new stuff that I feel like, I don't know, those piano ballads, just the really stripped down, almost feels like him challenging himself even more, you know, like the chaotic, rapping over chaotic piano like and just it it feels like he's just pushing himself as an artist and going into areas that i didn't expect him to go yeah what are your thoughts overall it's not my favorite i like it a lot it's very good <laughs> I, I i don't want i don't want to come no in no negative. no speak your truth um but like and i we'll talk about like how we listen to this because i i struggled yeah. to listen to this like i just I didn't have an hour and whatever minutes to like sit down and listen to this. So I kind of chipped at it piecemeal, which is not the, not a good way to experience it for the first time. Um, but that led me to kind of a more interesting discovery later after you had definitely listened way more than I had, but mm. it is missing those damn, those humbles. Like the, to me, those 
really standout Kendrick track. I oh, think there are see, some. See, I think it has more than any other of his other albums. It's, I feel like this is the most accessible, although well, there are some of the most like powerful and stripped down and beautiful sort of depressing songs. I feel like there's some bangers. Continue. To me, the album's very consistent. Like it is it is solid throughout, but I don't think the highs are as high as they have been on previous albums for me. Like there there isn't a song like that I that I've thrown in my playlist of like all the music I'm listening to yet. Uh that I just have listened to over and over again. I listened to Humble. I think it might have been my number one song that year. I mean that it goes so hard. And I, I'm like songs are growing on me and I'm still experiencing this as an album versus like listening to singles. Right. That goes along with Kendrick's release style, which, you know, he didn't do any singles. He just dropped the whole thing. He did the heart part five, which Mm-hmm. I, I, the part four, I was devastated that wasn't on Damn because I love that song so much. And like Lucy's like that tend to get lost in like my mind. But um, that's, I feel like him being like, I don't even need to put that on the album. You know how amazing yeah. that is? I have 18 other songs that I would rather put on the album. <laughs> I totally get it. I like, I just. I'm I'm a simple man, and like sometimes that is like a symbol, a single to like just tell me where to listen at first. Because have you not listened to N95? I no, listen, I have. I feel like it's that's good. the one. That is the one. I would have loved it yeah. like a week ago. I would have loved to digest that kind of almost, um, try and predict where I thought Kendrick was going based on that, and then hear it in the context of the album. Yeah, that not that ain't Kendrick. That ain't no, no, move. it's not, and that's why I'm like I'm not gonna hold it against him. Kendrick Lamar is like in a class of his own. Well, he, no, he does whatever he wants. If it's honestly, if it is anyone else, I do like a single before. I do like some tease. You're absolutely right. Um, but I, yeah, I feel like it's kind of cooler. Um, and only like huge artists like him can get away with it, and Taylor yeah. Swift too. You, but like, there's a lot of big artists doing the same. Where it's like, uh. Yeah, you don't get anything before, and then once the album comes out, it's like, oh, but just deluge of amazing, and then you get a bunch of videos and stuff. Um, here's what I'll say about it: I feel like so. I have listened a lot more than you, and I got hooked, and I did have a similar thing where I got like three songs in and then got interrupted. It was like, okay, wait, no, I'm gonna wait till I have time, and you know that is the uh, the sort of uh, behind the scenes challenges sometimes is we have busy lives and jobs and you know families and and uh, and you know, this is a double album stuff right but it's still only an hour so it's kind of there's some shorter yeah. ones but uh i will say i feel like i did feel because i always hear the uh, and i think it's a mindset i just don't agree with that you have to sort of pretend like the bad things don't happen to feel good i feel like you almost find by by leaning into that and you that's sort of like the beauty of it you know and so if you're just making it something that's just positive for the sake of positivity and lightness for the sake of lightness it misses the sort of need for that lightness i feel like and um i do feel like so a couple songs i'm going to call out that i feel like are just super catchy and and 95 has big range brothers and energy like yep. Keem. I feel like it's that sound that they were sort of perfecting, sort of testing it out on Keem's album. And uh, just that big bass. I just feel like there's nothing that goes as hard. Um, I love the sort of like 
it's kind of laid back, but kind of dancey. Die Hard. Uh, yeah, I really four. like Die Hard. That's one of my favorites. Um, so then we gotta talk about Father Time with Sampha because I love Sampha. He's an amazing British uh, musician, pianist, and singer. He's got an amazing voice. He just does a chorus on this, just small part, but it it's so good. And like the music on Father Time is so like i just would listen to an instrumental of this all day not to mention like it's kendrick talking about his father issues and Mm -hmm. you know like it's some heavy stuff but the music on it is just so good and samfa's chorus like i would just listen to that um and then i feel like my favorite this is was i was leaving the other day leaving my house and i was just feeling stressed out i was like i just need some positivity on my way into the office and played purple hearts featuring summer walker and ghostface killer and I feel like in a couple lines, Kendrick just says so much. He says, I know you want to hear drugs talking, but shut the fuck up when you hear love talking. And that's yeah. exactly, I feel like that mindset that like party, you know, I want to just party. And like, I, Hey, there's a place for that. There is definitely something to that. Sometimes you need to shut everything out and just, you know, have some positives. But I feel like there's a, such a beauty to being like, Hey, this is some real shit. This is some love and positivity and lightness in the face of oppression. Yeah. And there's some beauty to that. And I think that sentiment was on damn and I think executed a little better on this one. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting too, is I almost feel like disc two is, I almost like it more, but then I look at disc one and I'm like, well, there are some of my, but it is sort of like some of the harder, like emotionally harder to get through ones united in grief we cry together which is the one of like kendrick and taylor page like screaming at each other like simulating an argument it's really well done but it is intense uh, so so i kind of feel like there is sort of like it kind of moves a little better on disc two and there are even though again he's never gonna shy away from hard topics he's never gonna no. not share his pain uh but i feel like it does it's a little catchier silent hill uh have you do you know that one that's the yeah Ooh, <laughs> the little ooh sound he does. And again, I love just he's not afraid to like be a little silly, even though he's being serious, you yeah. know, and it like doesn't undercut his message. And that's why why Kendrick's so great. But Kevin, you know, that song Savior. And again, I feel like he just perfectly comments on what the sort of narratives are about him out there, because it's like. Kendrick's this perfect person and like this whole album he's being like I'm not perfect you know mm-hmm. you're putting me on too much of a pedestal and then on this he's like Kendrick made you think but he is not your savior and almost telling people like yes I am such a great role model but I'm flawed too you need to find it for yourself and you know don't take what I say as gospel but you can learn from it and like it and that's such a huge change in like persona from his last album from damn yeah definitely and so, I feel like you see hints, but he definitely. Yeah, so you you brought up two things, so I'm gonna go one into the other. We cry together is a very difficult listen. Uh, it's it's yeah. tough, like right, like it is a screaming match, and I think a similar concept was done on Timip Butterfly with For Free. Uh, mm-hmm. which is obviously like a back and forth between a man and a woman, and done I think in a way that. I mean, I think this might just be, like, I prefer the jazziness of Butterfly to, like, the production on this. But it's a tough listen, and it's in a, in my opinion, very awkward spot in the album. 
Oh, see, I, and that's what I kind of, because I, Brian was like, I won't listen to it again. I did listen to it multiple times and it's, a, it is intense. I'm not going to say it's not. Uh, again, the music, the backing track, it would just, I hope he releases some instrumentals from this. Yeah, Cause I would be really just cool. listen to instrumentals. Um, and that's part of why I love it so much. I just feel like it's varied, but cohesive, but really there's a lot of organic instrumentals there's a lot of great sample based stuff there's a lot of electronic stuff like it's just everything awesome uh not to mention like the lyrics and he talks about auntie diaries that's a Mm -hmm. very emotional song talking about his uh loved ones who transitioned um and Mother I Sober with Beth Gibbons from Portishead. That's, I feel like everybody acts like all Kendrick songs are like that. A stripped down piano, you know? And I'm like, he's got catchy songs, people. Oh, but he yeah. talks about the real shit in a catchy package. Absolutely. Um, so, Luke, talk about what you've been talking about since this album came out. Because you were kind of presented an interesting theory, and it's something that I've ran with. Yeah. Yeah, sort of the theory. Uh, I I actually heard it on Fantano's The Needle Drops uh, review, but it's some people are talking about online. You know, Kendrick's fan base is pretty uh, likes to look for Easter eggs and come up with theories, and he kind of supplied some this time because if you look at the first disc in chronological order and the second disc in reverse order, the songs kind of sync up. So the first song and the last song. Um, I thought on because Kevin, you put together a playlist, which I think you're talking about, but like N95 does feel like the big hard hitting version of the quiet Mother I Sober. Uh, is it Mother I Sober or Mother yeah. One Sober? I don't know. Oh, um, I don't know. Mother One Sober. I think it's Mother I Sober. Um, yeah, and so it's it's a really interesting concept that like some of the themes and maybe the style sync up. Um and I mean you do get the title Mr. Morale Worldwide Steppers, not big steppers, but close enough. I think that's where you start to see it is if you flip it on right. each other. Those two tracks line up and you get the album title. Exactly. So um, I and the interludes line up. Yeah. Yeah, so I did what clearly has become a sign of admiration on best song ever and i did in fact resequence this album uh using that mirror theory kind of as my base yeah and some of them really sync up well um and i i didn't do it one-to-one i i thought i made some choices to make things flow a little better like rich interlude goes into rich spirit which then goes into Mm -hmm. savior interlude which then goes into savior like those yeah yeah that makes more sense to me to do it like that. I mess with the ending a little bit to kind of have it land on a on a punctuation. And even uh, in the beginning, I went Undead Only Grief, Mirror, N95, Mother I Sober, which is like the traditional mirroring. Uh, in most other right, places, right. what I did was I tried to put two tracks that were next to each other on the album itself next to each other. So like it would be track, let's say, four on the disc one and then like uh, that would Mm. that would be track 14 and then i do track 13 and then track five and track six so like it kind of bounced back and forth in in larger swings so you wouldn't be so um out so jarring it wouldn't be like totally away from how kendrick arranged the album and i think how this ended up working 
it, it leads up to this really emotional moment where We Cry Together Now is the fourth to last song on the album, which to me yeah. is like a great place for that, for that emotional punctuation. And then it, I, this is where I adjusted a little bit more. It goes to Crown and then Count Me Out and ends with Purple Hearts, which is the end of disc one, which to me is such yeah. a fantastic final song. So uh, um, we'll definitely share this playlist, but it's something once after like kind of not being able to listen to the album as a whole and resequencing it and then doing it on the fly and then listening to this all the way through, I had such a greater appreciation for the album. Um, I kind of, I feel like it's, I like the darkness of we cry together preceding the lightness of purple hearts, but purple hearts, you know, I love to end the album on a, upbeat banger so purple hearts as an ending i do really like that yeah um but yeah i really like um i i feel like there's still so much for me to dig into on this album it's incredible because i've been listening to it constantly and just absorbing and then i'm like you know i actually do want to like read the lyrics because it's so dense he's so fast yeah. at times with lyrics so i'm like i really do want to dig into the meanings because and you see kendrick fans online they are incredible like how deep they know i caught a reference on good kid mad city when he talks about the song he did on his last album about his he he was a reference to her story on uh section 80 i was like oh i didn't get that back then because i hadn't listened to section 80 yet so it's like he's really clever with that stuff also something i want to point out that i think is interesting well first off the two artists that he has do interludes kodak black and uh baby keem his cousin Mm -hmm. uh they really great and very different interludes from two very different artists yeah Uh, and with keem i love keem's part on savior too and obviously you hear his production Uh, when i heard n95 i was like oh keem produced this and it's like that entire same team with uh that worked on range brothers but they really shared more details about Keem's story. I picked up on about his mom passing and her struggles with addiction that he didn't really, he purposely kept those kind of a secret. And Mm -hmm. if you go back and listen to melodic blue, he says, you know, in scapegoats. And I, uh, I always thought this is interesting. He said, uh, like one day I'll tell you how my life was unfortunate. And it's almost like he kept some details private. They, so Kendrick could talk about some of it here and so I feel like he's just going to dig deeper into that in future projects, and I'm excited for that. Yeah, I uh, I think that this album is maybe his densest. Um, we're going to spend a lot of time digging into it. It might be my favorite by the end. I mean, that's just it, that's music. It but grows Kev, on you. It's both. I think it's most his his most dense and has some of his most accessible songs. So it could, maybe yeah. it's both. And, I mean, if anyone's going to thread that needle, it's going to be Kendrick. I think, yeah. sadly, we can finally agree that Nation is never coming out. The secret second album after Damn. <laughs> yep, see, I was uh, just uh, watching that old interview because I got tricked into thinking it was a new interview on YouTube. It said, like, live now, Kendrick. And so I clicked it. And... Um, He's like saying that, yeah, like they thought I was going to drop a bunch of other albums. <laughs> it's like, let the man give him a break. He just I, put out a really good one. But imagine if he had delayed uh, <laughs> and the Big Steppers like a week. 
Yeah. Imagine. And like, didn't say anything about it. Then suddenly it was a a double album. Luke, you would lose your goddamn mind. You would go insane with the hype. Honestly, him or Taylor should have done it because it happened with both of it happened when she released Evermore that everyone Mm -hmm. thought she was going to do a third one. So it's like one of them needs to do it at this point. Well, and I even said that Olivia Olivia Rodrigo was going to put out Sweet after Sour came out. I was like, it's it's going to be a love song. But also it's like, do we want them to release it? Or would we rather just wildly theorize and be wrong? It's almost more fun if you're wrong because it's like you dreamed up something that will never happen that is cooler than real life. 100%. (laughs) All right. Well, that was a good deep dive into Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Kev, I'd say spend some more time with it. I will as well. Um, and who knows, maybe it'll go up in your ranking or maybe it'll go down. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I don't know where I can put it yet. I will work that out. Yeah. You need some time, you know, recency bias is a real thing. So I, I feel that. So I might be uh, loving it harder than I even will, but I feel like I'm going to still probably have it at the top of my list. Uh, but hey, let's talk about the other albums we've been loving that came out recently in Touts. Touts. So I've been trying to spend as much time with this album as possible and have not succeeded. Uh, You're a busy, but, man. You know, uh, but I did need something to put on that wasn't so intense. Like we were, yes. we were hanging out. We wanted to just listen to something easy. Not right. easy, but just listenable. And I put on Florence and the Machine's new album, Dance Fever, that came out last week. And this is really good. I, too, just listened to this. Yeah, I was was really kind of taken aback. Like, I hadn't listened to a lot of, like, the recent music from Florence and the Machine. Uh, Like, obviously, there's the big hits from, like, the mid-2000s? Yeah. Or or mid-2000s? Yeah, Tens. like 2007 to 2. Yeah, because she had a song on Community. That was the first time yeah. I heard her. But Dog um, Days Are I Over actually, is like the huge Right, hit. that was like the huge. Um, What was the one? I actually really liked her 2015 album. I hate Spotify's new thing. How Big, How Blue, How Beautiful. And um, haven't listened to one since then. I think there's one in between there. But yeah, I thought this was really cool. Yeah, and uh, some dancier ones, Choreomania. It um, is, I in fact, called Dance Fever, and I just saw that like there's a deluxe edition out, which I didn't know was coming out with five new songs. Oh wait, no. Oh, nice. Four acoustic versions and a new song. I also liked Girls Against God. The lyrics in that were really good. Yeah, that was one of like a slower ballady one. So that's that's my only tout today. Cool, go good to tout. It. Um, well. Obviously, we our big tout we just talked about, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. That's number one on my tout list. Uh, I honestly have not been listening to much else. Uh, Kyle similarly got three songs in, and then I think it was Worldwide Steppers. She was like, okay, can we listen to something else now? Um, which I think shows you that N95 is a banger. <laughs> kept her interested. It's um, just not the vibe sometimes. Like you need variety, and when you're when you're looking at wedding invitations, Mister Moran the Big Steppers is not. The I think vibe. there's some Purple Hearts or uh, Die Hard, some of the more toned down ones you could listen to, but that's fine. Yeah, sometimes it's not the vibe. Um, hey, you know what might be the vibe? Also, can get heavy at times though, but it's 
a masterpiece. I think it's a beautiful modern symphony. It's Arcade Fire's Wii. Have you listened to much of this yet, Kev? Yes, I have gotten a few listens, and I'm still kind of figuring out how I feel about it. Because okay, fair. Again, it's not a lot of like big pop songs. It's it's definitely more maudlin and Bowie-esque at times. It it I think it lands right in the middle for me where it's it's not as good as like my favorite arcade fire. I don't like it as much as my favorite arcade fire yeah. albums. I can't I won't say it's not as good. Um but it it it's not they don't do anything that's like offensive to me listening wise. It's I think it might be the oh, worst the worst thing that music can be for me and just like not that entirely interesting like to listen to for me. Oh, you didn't hear the bonus track where they say Kevin is a small dick poopy butt boy? Um, listen, you know like, what? That is pretty offensive to you. I'd I'd rather I'd rather you offend me than bore me. Not that this did bore me, but like at least say something, man. It's No, no. It's fine. Uh yeah, and it's that's fair. Uh, it's a fair criticism. I could see how someone would could like get bored, but it's kind of like done in sweets. That's what I'm saying. It is yeah. like a symphony. It is by no means like uh, a fun party. Um, uh, but there's some good stuff in there, and there's some like good digital age commentary, which they tried a little less successful on everything now with like infinite content. Um, like, and I felt like they just use terms that I unsubscribe and it, in an interesting way where it's, I just feel like it works better. Like the sort of meta digital age commentary, but it is a, uh, plotting and orchestral affair at times. Uh, listen to rabbit hole though. That's a good dance jam. Okay. Track yeah. two. I, I'll, I'll go back and listen to it again. Cause I listened to it. Like I wasn't looking at track names. That was something I, I, I wasn't checking. So I don't know what I loved. I just, right, Arcade right. Fire loves a suite of songs. I mean, they've been doing it since funeral. Yeah. But eh, this they, feels not like my favorite suites. If you like there's songs that feel like Bowie five years, which that's like a sort of plotting, but building uh type ballad. Uh, and I feel like they're doing that sort of like epic cinematic sound, but then it does take some time to get there sometimes. Um, you know what will definitely not bore you, Kev, is Sasami with Squeeze. Have you listened to this album? Because I did not give it its due. Um, there are some straight up metal songs on it. There are some like beautiful like indie rock jams. There's some folkier ones. And uh, she's currently on tour with Mitski right now and i've been seeing like a bunch of tweets saying her live show is awesome and so i went back and listened it's incredible oh okay i love the album artwork of uh <laughs> it's wild snake with a woman's head and seemingly several arms i'm pretty sure with, it's her head yeah she with looks blood like from the mouth snake it's... spider creature yeah I, i'm interested I, uh, that's yeah. out of the library i'll give it a listen it's probably going to be in my top 10 it's awesome wow but yeah well it'll be it'll be somewhere in your two through ten yes not in the kendrick spot sorry <laughs> i i can't wait for something to come out of um nowhere and and me upset it eat yeah. my words <laughs> um all right and then we got the smile the band with members of radiohead and sons of kemet i still haven't finished it but the first half sounded sweet it's a uh, very cool. I love me some Tom York. Uh, 
And then Kevin Morby with This Is A Photograph. This is a tout and a shout. I haven't listened yet, but the song This Is A Photograph is one of my favorite songs of the year. So I'm very excited to check that out. Very nice. It is very nice. And, you know, that leaves us with nothing else to do but talk about the music that we're excited for that's coming out this week in Shouts. First up, I recently played him on the podcast, and you very much enjoyed the song, so you will like this album. Alex Eisenberg with I'm Not Here is coming out. Uh, we listened to Sorrow's Blue Tapestry. He does that great like retro 70s yeah. rock sound. And I was it's so great. I was really excited to hear this like in long form, so I'm I'm gonna check this yeah. out. Yeah, I think you'll dig it. Um and then the great Craig Finn, who I just played on our last episode from The Hold Steady, and I love his solo albums, and A Legacy of Rentals just might be the best one yet. Uh, we listened to the song Birthdays, which was amazing, and uh, I'm really excited for this. I really loved his album, We All Want the Same Thing, so always good to hear new Craig. Then another artist we played years ago, but an amazing artist from the UK, I believe, Soak. Uh, if I never know you like this again, I said to you, Kev, you've probably heard some Soak songs at some point and you would dig their sound a lot. So always excited to hear new music from them. So what you got? Let's all take a visit to Harry's house. The new Hell album yeah. from Harry Styles. I Oh, I hoped it was everywhere. I hoped it was Harry and the Hendersons. And oh, see damn a it. Bigfoot. Maybe, maybe a feature. Um, <laughs> I, I'm actually looking forward to checking this out because I feel like I hear so much of Harry Styles music yeah. and like haven't listened to an album, so maybe oh. it's it's worth you know a good but listen. I think he's put out, if I'm not mistaken, it, there were two albums that he put out that I enjoyed, uh, and I you know scoffed uh, the One Direction, but he's he's good. Like there's no ifs and or buts about it. And I was making a bunch of horny jokes about him. Yeah, I was going to say, there is a butt around. There is a butt about it. Um, (laughs) There is a butt about it. And then we have Um, MXM Tune with Rising, a collaborator of Carly Rae Jepsen. So I'm excited to check that out. The album cover looked cool. Yeah. Well, we got to talk about our three daddies. We're a Planet Ant podcast powered by Pinecast. Head over to planetant.com and check out all the great shows over there. Including our buddies who joined us last week from the Big Dad Energy podcast. So go check out their show. If you want to hear Joe react to Jared telling him he's having a second baby live on a podcast, that's the podcast for you. That's the one. Uh, And then, of course, offshelf.net. Check it out. It's on the internet. Uh, My cousin just put out his new uh, Bar None mixtape. So go check that out. All the great hip hop from last month. So that and much more over at offshelf.net and that's going to do it for us this week as always i'm luke leben saying you better check your perspective and i'm kevin connor saying go ahead chase those waterfalls this is the best song ever fuck i didn't think of something to say at the end well it's best song ever not a podcast better This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.